Welcome to Sci-Fi Camp. I'm your host, Andrew. Join me and my guests as we explore the tropes of classic campy sci-fi. In this episode, we dive into cryosleep and why it's become a trope in science fiction. So thanks for joining me on my first episode here, Jess. It's always a pleasure to have someone who's as special to me as you are uh, helping me out on these different uh, adventures. It's good to be here. So today we're talking about cryosleep or suspended animation, as it's probably more often known as, uh, is a process in which usually an astronaut or a, you know the main character of the story is put into a state which is essentially a coma. Uh, these can be drug-induced, or more commonly, they're about freezing the astronaut in a very cold cylinder. Uh, the process is often used as a storytelling gimmick to help either avoid the boring parts of space travel or allow the characters who started the journey be available for the end of the journey, rather than a more appropriately themed like generational ship, which we'll actually talk about next week. More on that later, <laughs> or next month. Um, it's also worth mentioning that I'm talking about crowd sleep in the case of interstellar travel in science fiction. It's also used in ways for like the wealthy to escape death, you know, <coughs> Walt Disney. Oh, that's not science fiction. Or yeah, we'll get into that <laughs> in a little bit too. Uh, or simply as a way to fast forward time, like in Futurama or idiocracy. Uh, in these instances, the matter of the freezing slash preserving the individual is more about creating a fish out of water story to take a critical look at either where we're going and like in the case of idiocracy or about the absurdity of where we are now, which is kind of the case of of Futurama. Tell me a little bit about what your thoughts on are with the uh, crowd sleep and suspended animation and all that kind of stuff, Jess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it can definitely be, you know, used as like, like you said, a fish out of water, like Futurama and idioc- Idiocracy. But it's also like, <laughs> it's basically also there so things don't get boring. <laughs> so like, you know, you don't have to watch uh, the group of scientists have to travel to Pluto for their whole, however long it would take them to get there. So it's just a, a good way to get it so... You know, right. you don't have to worry about that time jump. Right. And that's actually something I do talk about a little bit later here in, in some of what the major influencers are. Like, why does why do we get into, you know, crowd sleep or why? Why is it something that's happened in science fiction? Um, you know, and uh, I have kind of like in my past a fun little a fun little tidbit here. Uh, when I was a teenager, I made a little like a little Lego box. I don't know if you know this, Jess, but I made a little Lego box and I put one of my minifigures in it and I filled it with water and sealed it all up real nice and tight. And uh, I put it in it. So I was trying to do a science experiment. Right. And so I put it in my mom's freezer and I like put it way in the back and and uh, kind of forgot about it, actually. And, I do know the story. Okay, yeah, and so suddenly one day I came home from college and I see the little minifigure standing on top <laughs> of the fridge. And I'm like, Mom, you woke him from crowd sleep early. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was very concerned about his well-being and his safety. Um, 
after I clearly forgot about him, which is kind of the plot of Futurama, isn't it? Didn't they forget about Fry? I mean, they didn't forget about him. He was not supposed to be in there, but he was accidentally put in there and was set for a thousand years. So he came out technically when he was supposed to. He just wasn't supposed to be in there in the first place. Ah, okay. So close, close similarities, but not quite, not quite perfect. So um, I, I do like to tell that story though because i think it's fun um it's kind of a fun like jokey little cryo freezing thing i did you know because because science fiction was such a, a huge part of my younger years and my in my youths uh i liked to do a lot of pretending and a lot of pretending and creating of like stories in my head and so i always had this narrative ongoing and it was fun to have like this science experiments that was going you know what has has been influenced in science fiction by cryosleep like what what is using cryosleep as a, a vehicle for their story and um you know i think right now one of the biggest ones is marvel right uh, you know hugely popular and they used cryosleep for Captain America, who, you know, I, I in the movie for sure, I don't know about the I don't know about the comic book so much, but you know, he Which is interesting because it's like that's was an accidental cryosleep and not like they put him into sleep until they needed him again or something right. like that. Which is, you know, that's a good point. Like that's and because his wasn't even like done with technology. And one of the interesting things about cryosleep or, or hibernation or those kind of things is in the vast majority of science fiction, I feel like it's it's a very intentional thing, right? It's it's the species uh, went into cryosleep to travel or to avoid the disaster that was going to wipe out their planet or the millionaire, you know, got his head or his brain put on ice so that he could someday be downloaded into a different body or, or, or whatever, you know? So it's like, those are generally how it's done. So it is kind of interesting that like, he just happened to freeze in such a way that he didn't die, you know, <laughs> and that they were able to thaw him, which is to get into a little bit more of the scientific aspect. I, uh, let's jump back here just a bit on the, on the explanation is, you know, it's actually very difficult to freeze a human because of the water in our cells. So, as you know, when water freezes, it expands. And so when you freeze a human, all the water in their cells expands and cause the cells to burst. So, you know, human does not live to be revived, which is a huge problem. So the... There always has to be like some now a lot of times in sci-fi they just like fake it over and they're just like, look, the tube turned blue and the person laid still. That's <laughs> you know what it is. Or or in the case of like Riddick, you know, I think I mentioned this, but like they use like a drug induced coma that that so that he's still, I guess, aging. So it, in that case, it's not one so much of him like because I guess they have FTL on that too, but um, it's not so much like he's not aging, but he's not at least awake for the super boring transit that would be 
uh, interstellar travel, <laughs> you know, because there's a lot of nothing in space. And it would make it for a very boring story if you had to watch a lot of nothing happen. So but uh, the theory is, is that and I don't I don't know if there's scientists that are actively working on the idea or if it's just the people who are trying to do it for millionaires right now. But the theory is you essentially replace the water in your body with kind of like a, an antifreeze. Uh, like a chemical. So you drain all the water out of your body out of all your cells and everything, and you replace it with this chemical antifreeze that won't burst when it gets cold. And then you freeze the body down to its temperature to keep your meat from going bad. And uh, <laughs> well, I mean, that's really what it is at that point, right? Like you're trying to keep your meat fresh and not blow up from having water expand. Uh, and as we learned from Star Trek, we are bags of mostly water. So, uh, yeah, I mean, inject a bunch of antifreeze in your meat, throw you on ice, and hope that someday they can wake you up. And I was and looking hope around they don't have blasters. and hope they don't have, well, maybe hope that they do have blasters because you want to be like in the Star Wars future. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Star Wars is the past. Oh, that's true. Long time ago. So um, the interesting thing. Is that there actually is – so I was trying to find out an exact number, and I couldn't find a number. And I think that's because a lot of these companies that do this are privately held. But there is apparently a number of people who are currently frozen, like they've had their brains removed or whatever, and frozen thinking that someday they will be able to be revived, um, which is – wild to me <laughs> you know because that means they had to put like some kind of fund together that's paying for like the refrigerating of their carcasses <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, hoping that someday they don't run out of money before they come up with an ability to revive them um which was actually a an episode of star trek the next generation they come across the spaceship that uh we had launched around this time and Dr. Crusher is able to revive the people and heal them of their of their ailments. But like the one guy is like all excited because he had a bank account full of money and then he finds out there's no money. And the other person's like, oh, yeah, we're a little too far in the future. Everyone I know is dead. And it was just kind of like a super disappointment for them, which is like I feel like the thing the millionaires don't think about. But that's getting a little bit outside of the realm of science fiction. But as long as we're talking about crazy millionaires, I do want to touch on Walt Disney. <laughs> um, I have this theory because you know how there's this theory that Walt Disney got his brain put on ice to be revived. Have you heard about that, Jess? Yep. I've heard of that. Yeah. So I have this theory that uh, he actually did do it. And, you know, there's like weird places around the park. Like there's an island that no one's allowed on, like a tree that apparently there's like a bat cave in or something, whatever. But um, – so I have this theory that there actually is a Walt Disney brain on ice somewhere, maybe his whole body. And he's just meeting antifreeze. And in order to keep people from constantly talking about this conspiracy theory, they funded and made the movie frozen because when you try to search for the words, Walt Disney frozen now, instead of finding all the information about conspiracy theory, Walt being on ice, you're going to find this cartoon movie about a talking snowman and, I, I really don't know what else the movie's about. Sisters, I think. 
Uh, <laughs> Sisters and Snowmans. That's about what I know that movie. And so I think they made that movie with the sole purpose of hiding the fact that they've put Walt Disney on ice. Hey, wow. You can't say Walt Disney on ice either because that's a thing, too. (laughs) So they've completely buried the Google search algorithm. That's my theory. And I, I think it's a good one. But this is not a conspiracy theory podcast. This is a science fiction podcast. So, um. We got really off topic there. We had started talking about Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just want to hit on real quick uh, two of other major influences that I know of from like the, a book standpoint. I When I was younger, I read the book 3001, The Final Odyssey. Uh, it was a very long book and I didn't. I, anyways, in it, um, the character who was killed in hibernation by Hal, uh, they actually find him floating in orbit around Jupiter and they revive him in the year 3001. And, you know, uh, it's, it's actually an interesting book because they do talk about like the fact that they haven't made as many technical, technological advances as we did between the year 1001 and 2001, which is, I thought was kind of an interesting point because you're like, and this this is, again, a science fiction thing more than a well, crowd sleep thing. But if you do think about sometimes when you look at like forward into time and where we we kind of guess sci-fi will be, it's crazy to think of how much we've changed since the year 1001, you know, to the year 2000 or in this case, the year 1022 to the year uh, 2022. So I, I don't know, just very interesting uh, point that Arthur C. Clarke was making that has nothing at all to do with cryosleep. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're going to cryosleep till the year 3001. Um, like Futurama. Like Futurama. That's right. Cause you're right. That is the year 3001, isn't it? Well, it's 3000. 3000. Yeah. And I guess they've made quite a few advancements, but how that stack up stacks up compared to the year 1000. Hard to say. Uh, other major influencers in the realm of cryo uh, is Alien. Aliens, Aliens 3, all those. Passengers, Planet of the Apes, 2001 A Space Odyssey as, you know, uh, Avatar. Avatar, not to be confused with Avatar The Last Airbender, which also deals with cryo. And then uh, Prometheus, Demolition Man. Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, yeah, Frozen and Carbonite, <laughs> uh, which is uh, that's actually interesting because that's a different one even in itself, because when you freeze him in Carbonite, they literally turned him into stone to preserve him. Kind of like in uh, the five doctors, Doctor Who, where the, they turned the people who came to claim the Ring of Wrestling into stone so that they'd live forever. Uh, a little different than Crowsley, but that is interesting. Well, then you should also uh, include Star Wars uh, Return of the Jedi because that continues the, the oh, frozen carbonate. That's true. He, he did get unfrozen at that point. Um, and then also the Mandalorian, which he so you see him with his bounty, puts them. Oh, that's right. That's true. That becomes a thing, I guess. Um, which is funny because in the in the movie, it seemed like it was like a, a, an experiment, right? They're like, we don't know if this is going to work. We're going to try it. Normally, we just freeze gas in this thing. And then in now, maybe it's a Mandalorian thing. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I think it was Vader's idea in Empire. Um, uh, other th- other movies of Pitch Black, Austin Powers. Weirdly, I mean, I guess that's the whole point of the movie. I was but, gonna say it's the whole, <laughs> yeah, but like it's a comedy, you know. Uh, Idiocracy is also a comedy that deals with 
the crowd sleep. Event Horizon, Pandorum, Interstellar. Well, there's also a, uh, one of my personal favorites is Jason X. Oh, that's right. You told me about that. Yeah, I did not know that was a cryo sleep. Because they freeze movie. him because they can't kill him. And then he gets woken up, uh, I think, like 400 years later on a spaceship. That seems like a mistake. They should not have oh, woke him up. It was Well, it was an accident. They didn't mean to wake him up. Oh. You were going to say the movie's a mistake? <laughs> no, I, I was going to say the movie's super campy. <laughs> uh, which works with sci-fi camp. Yay! <laughs> Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the TV shows, Jess? Well, so in Avatar The Last Airbender, um, what happens is uh, the Aang, who is the Avatar, is he finds out he's going to be the Avatar and that he has all these responsibilities that are coming to him. And so he kind of runs away and he gets frozen in ice and he's there for 100 years. So when he wakes up, this huge war has ravaged the entire uh the entire tribes and the fire nation has taken over basically and has killed all the airbenders. So he's, that's why it's called avatar of the last airbender because he's the last one. And basically he has to reunite all the, all the, uh, elemental tribes. Hmm. But like everybody he knows and loves is long gone. Wait, so that, that kid was frozen for a hundred years. Yep. Oh, that's actually really sad. Yeah. Cause his parents are gone then and everyone, yeah. I mean, he grew up in a in a uh, at a monastery. Well, he's up, he with with monks, and so he was oh. raised by monks. But still, I mean, oh. he lost his friends, and well, forget the monks then. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's I did not know that. That's very interesting. Um, couple other, couple other TV shows that are based on. Or were you know formed or included crowd sleep? I guess I could say, uh, Lost in Space is uh, a big one that you know starts out. I guess there was a movie of that too where they cryo slept, um, and it was while they were in cryo sleep is when the I forget the ship went off course because of the the, the one guy was there and he wasn't supposed to be. Uh, and then of course there's Genesis two, which was a uh, uh, Gene Roddenberry, which was basically a revisit of Buck Rogers. Um, and how could we forget Buck Rogers? Uh, you know, other shows, uh, other times in science fiction TV shows, they just feature a single episode where cryo sleep or uh, uh, hibernation kind of takes a plot point, um, like the episode of Twilight Zone, The Long Morrow. Uh, or even Khan Noonien Soon in Star Trek. I mean, he was from now, right, from the eugenic war. And him and his followers were put in a cryogenic sleep. And he floated out in space until Kirk found him. Uh, and, you know, Voyager seemed to run into a alien species that was in stasis pods once a season. Uh, including the time they found Amelia Earhart <laughs> on a planet in the Delta Quadrant. That was super lucky of all the worlds, you know, of all the gin joints and all the bars of the world. She walks into mine. Uh, it was a super campy episode of Voyager. Um, it's like they did the entire thing so they could show the scene of Voyager landing to show off their new sweet landing gear that they apparently had the whole time and have uh, Catherine Janeway wiped the frost away and be like, air hot. I feel like the entire episode was written for those two scenes. I, uh, I think that Futurama is definitely the, probably the most famous of cryosleep TV shows. Right. Cause it does. It's not even just like the pilot that deals with it. Like it, 
they go back to it either showing why he was put into cryosleep in future episodes or um, just it become like he finds his, you know, 1999 Earth girlfriend that's also been cryosleep. He finds like there was a guy that was frozen in the 80s that eventually comes and tries to make things like the 80s again. And I mean that the entire series deals with it. Well, they even kind of do the rich man on on ice thing with the whole Nixon's brain in a jar, right? Um, that's not cryo sleep. That's a specific different thing. Oh, okay. Because there's de- there's a lot of history, like even people who were dead before this was a thing. I mean, Nixon obviously, but like there's George Washington. There's like oh. other. It's like famous people, historic historical people. It's just yeah, it's not really cryo sleep. It's its own separate thing. Okay. All right. <laughs> Good to know. So, uh, uh, you know, also talking about cartoons, uh, even South Park has poked fun at crowd sleep on a couple occasions where um, they were he was one of the characters was was thought or frozen for 32 months. And he comes out at the end of it and is like, everything's changed, you know. Uh, and there was another one where he froze himself so he could unfreeze when the Nintendo Wii came out. Uh, but ended up way too far in the future. <laughs> so did it wasn't a river in cryosleep in the pilot episode of Firefly? Uh yeah, or she was like in a hibernation kind of thing, I think. Yeah, but that was I think just to make it so her life signs wouldn't show up like on scanners and stuff, but uh I don't think they ever really at least in the part I know, really explain why she was in that big box. Um, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what uh, the major, like, the, what's the major influencer in cryosleep in sci-fi? Why did someone say we need to create a way for our characters to sleep, or, or what do they base it off of? You know, because science fiction, being the fact that it's science fiction, tends to uh, ground itself in some kind of at least theoretical reality and then say tell a story that kind of supposed to look back and and talk about our current world in the in the in a different framing so uh the term cryosleep in itself doesn't actually refer to any real life process or real life medical treatment i don't know if you knew that um in fact it's not even like a real life thing that scientists are really researching um we most commonly think of cryonics as the preservation of a body after someone is dead, which is kind of what we've talked about in this as well, uh, in hopes that someday they'll be able to resurrect them or cure whatever killed them. Uh, technically, even though we've discussed that quite a bit in this episode, cryosleep doesn't uh, refer to that um, And in science fiction, the term cryosleep or which is also commonly called stasis or suspended animation, uh, does closely refer to more or less what is known as a torpor, uh, which is is the state of unconsciousness achieved by hibernating animals like bears. Um, so when when they are in that state, it's considered like a hibernation. Would you um, think that uh, technically then the Matrix would be considered cryosleep? Uh, I, yeah, I guess because, well, no, because in the matrix, they need you to keep your energy burning to create electricity, 
Whereas like when you're, when you're in a state of torpor or hibernation, your body uses very, very little energy. Mm. Um, so it's, it, that's more of a, uh, I, I don't know what you'd call that, uh, but that's, yeah, it's a different, a different trope, a different story device. Um, cryo sleep as a trope is in science fiction is predominantly a story device. Um, it's either for transporting a human into deep space without, you know, without some sort of Star Wars-esque hyperdrive. You know, Star Wars hyperdrive is like instantaneous. So is warp, right? So they don't need to go to sleep. But even like the fast light travel in Aliens isn't uh, that quick. So it's, you know, the long, physically grueling, taxing and resource uh, intense travel uh would be is you know from that side point says all right if we put them in in cryo sleep or stasis or hibernation then they won't be using all these resources and from a story standpoint it's just really boring to stare out at like i said earlier like a, a space of nothingness so in it really cryo sleep stasis hibernation all those things really were invented and designed for science fiction as either the setup for a plot like like in a lot of the examples we gave where we like I said the fish out of water environment where it was like okay now this character who's not used to this is in this new environment or it's used as a way to get characters from point A to point B without them aging or like in the case of alien and aliens it's used to get from movie one to movie two with being able to use the same actor or actress without having to put them in old age makeup mm-hmm. <laughs> you know jumping off here next uh jess do you have any book movie or tv show recommendations that have to do with uh cryo sleep um i don't think it necessarily succeeded as a as a great film but i think passenger is a good one to watch if you haven't seen it just because it is dealing with cryosleep being woken from it prematurely while everybody else is still in cryosleep and you can't get back into cryosleep which is kind of horrifying if you think about it so i I think the movie could have been done better and i people have talked about ways that you could edit it to make it better but i think it's a good one to just watch to have a little bit different um Mm -hmm. just have a little different perspective of it and i will also say avatar the last airbender is great yeah, I know you're a big fan of that. Now, in the TV show, not the movie. Skip the movie. <laughs> well, and you like you like the comic books too, right? Uh, yes, I'm currently reading the comic books, and those are really good. Yeah, and they and those all they follow the same idea of him being frozen for a hundred years. I mean, it really it's just the pilot that really delves in. I mean, like the rest of it is him having to become the Avatar with no basically training and having to deal with. Right. Uh, not being able to have done it when he should have with people that could have trained him. So it's mm-hmm. not, I wouldn't say the show itself is about cryosleep. It just was the device to get right, him going. Right, Yeah. yeah. But it's still, it's still a good show. Jason X, that's a fun campy one. All right, yep, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there, there's a great scene where um, one of the women on the spaceship, he, he basically freezes her and then shatters her. It's oh no! Pretty it's pretty great. <laughs> it's it's super campy. It's super dumb. It's a fun watch. And and then of course Futurama is probably is one of the best sci-fi shows in general, and definitely has to deal with cryosleep. Yeah, for me, I don't really have any book recommendations uh, this time around. Um, 
but when it comes to movies that deal with that you know have cryo sleep in them or deal specifically with cryo sleep uh aliens is a must on this list um i love that movie and it includes cryo sleep so it makes the list um <laughs> even though the cryo sleep is only there in the beginning and makes for some funny lines though like when the guy's like the sergeant's like another glorious day in the cold do you want me to get some booties for you and the guy's like oh yes sarge would you please because <laughs> they're all like they're all like naked or not they're in like their underwear and they're walking around the cold deck love it uh planet of the apes uh do it old school with uh charlie hessman um because that's the real planet of the apes um i honestly the other planet of the apes are are good um they're fun movies they don't have anything to do with cryo sleep uh but yet but i (laughs) i still love the charlton heston movie even more than the remakes i'm i'm gonna keep empire strikes back on my list with the cryo sleep i know we said it's carbonite but uh I'm, i'm calling it i'm saying that that's that works i'm gonna give star wars some love on this list uh, finally, for a film that has no right to be on my list, it's a ridiculous film. It's an 80s action movie, and I don't generally put those on lists of anything. But Demolition Man, I love that movie. I, I have no right to love that movie, but I love that movie. And it's it, the entire plot is set up because he's put in cryo sleep. So. Murder, Death, Kill. <laughs> Murder, Death, Kill. And that's actually a 90s film. Oh, I'm sorry, but it feels like an 80s action movie. It does feel like an 80s movie. <laughs> uh, as for TV shows, uh, I know it's not a big part of it, but Stargate uh, Universe specifically end, or um, it's been a long time ends with Cryo Sleep. Uh, Atlantis has some really good episodes. Uh, SG One has a couple, but I really love the episode of Atlantis where Weir goes back to the original Atlantis. And you kind of see her progressing and she she becomes older and older and older. So even though she's in crowd sleep, she is still aging very slowly. Uh, I also thought I'd make a real quick tight mention of a couple of video games. Um, recent ones. I know there's a lot of older ones that should make it on this list, too. But just as I was putting this together, Fallout 4 came to mind uh, because it sets up with uh, you going to crowd sleep. Uh, and same with Outer World, uh, the Outer Worlds. Both really good, really good games uh, that I enjoy a lot. I, they're great games. They use cryo sleep as a as a base, as a jumping off point, uh, fish out of water, and that's everything we're talking about. So I think they really deserve a, a place in this list. All right. Well, I would like to thank my guest Jessica. She's my wife, and she's my sci-fi buddy. Uh, I really think I knocked it out of the ballpark with her. Uh, she enjoys a lot of the same science fiction as I do. And she likes it when I talk about my thoughts and theories within the realms of science fiction. We get a lot of really good conversations like I feel like we did today. Uh, So I appreciate you joining me for this first episode, Jessica. You're the inaugural guest of Sci-Fi Camp. Uh, I'll have to find you a pin or something that we'll (laughs) we'll get for you. Uh, Is there anything you want to promote while you're here with me today on the pod? Um, I'll promote our, we have another podcast. Uh, This was one I came up with and we have a few episodes out. It's called Rebooted, where we watch a movie and then we watch the remake of that movie. Yeah, I, it's, I'm on that podcast too. I host that one as well, but I love it. It's a lot of fun. It's great getting into a podcast with you every other week, Jess. (laughs) And uh, I'm really excited to, 
that reboot is out there and getting some traction. So yeah, definitely check it out. You can find it at uh, podcast rebooted on Twitter and uh, you can join the Facebook group at rebooted podcast on Facebook. All right. Well, again, thanks for joining me, Jess, and we'll be seeing everyone next month. Uh, the day after Valentine's Day, we'll be talking about the frisky way of traveling through deep space using generational ships. So until next time, I've been Andrew. You can find me on Twitter at Sears Andrew. Let me know your thoughts on cryosleep and if you'd let them put your brain on ice or if you think I'm right about Disney. Bye. Bye. This podcast was produced by Andac Media. Andac is dedicated to helping creatives find community and support for their creative passions. You can find more info about Andac Media at andac.us. That's A-N-D-A-K dot U-S. If you've enjoyed our content, you can offer support on Patreon at patreon.com slash Andac. We offer perks for all of our patrons, including exclusive podcast episodes, podcast episode polls, monthly AMAs, and exclusive patron-only merchandise. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoy the rest of your day.